Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermon from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome back to the Unchangeable Truth Podcast. This is part two of a two-part series with Pastor Johnny Hunt as he's in the room with me and Pastor Stephen, and we're just grabbing some wisdom from some of the things that he's lived through and some of the things that he's going through and just the wisdom of growing in his faith. And so we're going to continue with more questions for Pastor Johnny Hunt. So Stephen, I'll let you go ahead and ask a question. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to ask it this way, and, and I hate to ask it this way because it's going to sound like uh, you are you, you are – your own death's door. So that's <laughs> that's not the intention of this question. But uh, as you look back over your life, and you may you may even say, "Well, I wouldn't do anything different." But one of the questions is, if uh, you know, if if you could do anything different, uh, what would you do different as far as uh, your your past, your life, whatever the case may be? Uh, or you may you may say, uh, "No, that I mean, I wouldn't change a thing." Um, and if so, then uh, I guess we'd move on to the next yeah, question. I got right? another question ready to go. Um, but if you had the past to do differently, anything? You know, I uh, I look back over one thing when uh, being at Woodstock for so long, starting with it being so small, uh, seeing it grow, in having so many staff. Um, for years, I would mentor the entire staff every Monday morning, then moved it to Tuesday morning. I'd spend an hour with them every single week with very few exceptions. But um, we learned from the generation we most respect. Adrian Rogers uh, later in his life said one time, because he, everyone, it seemed like, modeled their staff, like pastor, bring you a senior staff member in, let them manage your top guys, and then let those guys manage the guys under them. If they were one thing I think I'd do differently, I would have more hands-on with every person that was doing ministry in particular. And when I mean that, I mean practically everybody did ministry. And uh, But, I mean, I'm not just talking kitchen staff and clerical staff, but those that were serving all the ministries, I would have probably pressed in and spent more time. And even in the last year or two, I got where I would say to my ministry assistant, get five or six of our key players and their different ministries, and I, I want to go spend a couple of hours with them. But I would have I would have done more nurturing in that. But I've been really blessed as I look back and God does more than you thought he would. You know, uh, my one of my favorite verses from my early days is Psalm thirty seven four, delight thyself in the Lord, he'll give you desires of your heart. Junior Hill taught me this. Make sure your desires never become greater than your delight. So mm-hmm. if you're not careful, what you want becomes more important than who you want. And so wow. I feel like God did that. I mean, I would have never dreamed when I became a pastor, and Stephen, you often say every Sunday as my pastor, you close by saying, uh, I love you. Thank you for letting me be your pastor. God is my witness, 46 years of ministry. I've never, regardless of what size church I was preaching in or if I was at home at Woodstock, Longleaf, Livonia, or Falls Church that I served, 
I felt what a unique privilege and opportunity. I never knew God would give me this opportunity. Rick Warren gave me a great statement in that he said, bigger is not better, better is better. So sometimes someone says, well, my church isn't very big, (laughs) but uh, I think it's a great church. Oh, no, no, no. Bigger is not better. Better is better. And that that just means a lot to me. So um, I would probably do that, but overall, uh, he's been better to me than I could have ever dreamed. Mm-hmm. If he'd have said, like he did to Solomon, tell me everything you want me to do with you, I believe it would have been a much lower reach than what he chose to do for me. So his plan for me wow. was yeah. better than what I could have conjured up on my best day. Well, and and I appreciate your heart of, boy, I, I would have spent more time uh, maybe with individuals that were doing the hands-on ministry or leading ministry but I hear you make that statement, and what comes to my mind is, how would you have done that? Where would you have found time? I mean, you would have had to have sacrificed something else because I know for many years, you, you I mean, traveling the world, the reason yeah. why you weren't there to be able to invest necessarily is because you were you were investing in other places, in uh, important places. Yeah. And I always try to take someone with me. Uh, had a guy call me the other day, and he knows I've got all these buses available to me. And used to, I would do road trips. I'd just say, I want to slow it down. I'm tired of being in the airport. I'm going to Charlotte. It's five hours. And I would grab five or eight guys and take them with me and pour into them. And now they're some of the the best men at Woodstock. And so one called me the other day and said, well, we're going to do another road trip. And I said, well, I'm going to Burton, and I'll take you. So anyway, that's the road trip he'll get next. But uh, I think we need to do a podcast road trip with well, Pastor Johnny Hunt. Ooh. And uh, we could we could take Journey, and uh, we could take uh, Little Journey, and <laughs> we could uh, just go and well, uh, do our podcast. I mean, from- or I know that you travel quite a bit to speak at these different places, and I like the idea of you know taking a staff guy with you. You know, just I could oh tag, yeah, yeah, I could tag along. That's true. That's I'll true. Of course, quiet. I. I, I I've got a really beautiful wife, so I try to well, take her with me you a lot. Know, you know, if um, she's got to stay home and you know <laughs> drive the fourteen-year-old around, and you need and you need somebody to go. That's like, true. That's I true. Just, that is something I'm, to keep in mind. I'll uh, sacrifice that and <laughs> something to keep in know, mind. Well, I will tell you this: I'll, he, uh, you know, one, uh, again, you know, some of the names he's been throwing out there. If you would have, I mean, uh, and Pastor Johnny had it set up uh, just a few weeks ago for me to get to go and spend the day with Junior Hill. Mm. And uh, Dad Gummit, my stinking popular fourteen-year-old son, got elected to the homecoming court and oh, yeah. messed the whole We're week together, up. Messed man. the whole week up. But, we'll uh, do it again. We'll find another day. Uh, I know one of the questions that you've <laughs> asked me, Ryan, is uh, because growing up, you you you've shared. Man, I can remember going to the convention and yeah. with my dad. Your dad, you know, pastors right. small small rural churches in Arkansas, right. but going and. And Pastor Johnny being the president right. or being on the platform and all right. that. And one of the things that you've asked me is, so do you ever think that you'd be Johnny Hunt's pastor? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't, but it, it, it doesn't feel weird. Yeah. It doesn't feel awkward. It yeah. doesn't, um, the, uh, you know, it is an honor. Yeah, uh, sure. it is an honor to be able to be his pastor, and uh, and not only that, but Miss Janet's pastor, and um, they are uh, bringing a family with him and everything. They are they are great. They are they are really uh, just 
great friends and yeah. my uh, my kids love them and uh, one of my one of my daughters said yesterday, Pastor Johnny came up and hugged me after church, kissed me on the forehead, and said, "How's things going?" Uh, and uh, you know, she was just uh, she was really encouraged about that. The uh, as as we're continuing to talk in some of the questions, uh, and I'm not, I guess, I guess the question can could be uh, it could be confused as a negative question. So I'm not saying go negative or go positive. But when you're looking around at the overall spiritual condition of the church, and maybe even, you know, what what are you encouraged when you think about the future of the church, or are you like, oh my goodness, you know, uh, I've got some anxiety here a little bit. When I, th- I mean, of course, we know we know the final future of the church. We yeah. we don't have to be concerned about that. Yeah. Uh, but when you look around at the spiritual condition of the church today, uh, how would you characterize that, Pastor Johnny? Uh, concern to say the least. I mean, certainly you always find uh, churches that are really um, seemingly hitting on all cylinders, but it just seems like there's so many that are just um, going through the motions. Um, they never, um, they don't really prepare like companies coming. Uh, they haven't worked the fields. Um, I made a statement. Uh, I mm. love. My favorite psalm is Psalms 126. Memorized it years ago, and it's still deep in my soul. But verses 5 and 6 says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing the sheaves with him. And I wrote this statement. A seed in a basket will not produce a harvest. And so basically, you've got churches that are meeting, and they're preaching and given an invite like they're really expecting a harvest when there's not been one seed sown all week. And the law of the harvest is being violated. So I believe that we're not going to church with a spirit of expectation. Um, the vast majority of our churches and our denomination will baptize less than 10 people mm. this year. Over 50% of our churches will. 25% of our churches will record no baptism. And I, mm. I, I did my best in um, revitalization, then who's your one, of really just encouraging just the pastor to model it, model it, because you can't expect to see in the pew what's not modeled in the pulpit. And that's the best way to do it. It's uh, clearest way to say it. it's monkey see, monkey do. So I'm I'm doing it, and they're watching, and they're they're catching my passion, my heart. So I'm concerned that church is just just that. It's just showing up, going through the exercises. If you're not careful, it's kind of like, okay, baby, let's get dressed and go get it over with. Mm. Instead of uh, going with the encounter to meet God, uh, to really. Pray for the pastor. Pray for themselves. God, speak into my life. Uh, minister to me. To go, as I mentioned, um, in some counseling I did recently, I went to be fully engaged, and I received so much from it. Well, if I came to church and decided to be fully engaged, I'm singing. It blessed me. My son-in-law was sitting on one side of me, wife on the other, and then my daughter on the side of my son-in-law, and I could hear Deanna sing yesterday and then i thought while i was there in worship i thought everybody in my family Mm. is in church today 
except for maybe one. I'm not sure. And I know he's in a difficult time in his studies right now and even has classes uh, at night late. But I knew that my great-grandson that's seven weeks old was in church yesterday, um, my special-needs granddaughter that depends on transportation in Wisconsin from her little college, she was in church and called us and told us about church and told us that uh, one of the uh, teaching pastors taught, that's one of her favorites. All of us talk church. Holly was taking uh, Addie back to college, but they stopped and went to church before they left. Deanna and Jake were here with me. And so we were just all worshiping. And so what we model in the church, now these girls are out on their own. They're adults. One of my daughters is a grandmother herself, but they're all serving Jesus. They're all generous givers. And it just, it, it matters. It matters. So I, don't, I want it in my own life, but I want to emulate yeah. it. Again, my favorite Old Testament passage is Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed mm. after him. Yeah. And so uh, it, they're, they're modeling what they've seen. So, so that's interesting because we've all heard the stories of uh, preachers' kids, and you know, I mean, you were a very, very well-known individual and uh, very involved and uh, uh, known outside of uh, Woodstock. I mean, honestly, known all over the world, and uh, to be uh, the child of a pastor, we've heard the stories of that when those uh, when those children get to be older, they they resent the church. Yeah, they flee the church. They don't want to have anything to do with uh, organized. Christianity or anything along those lines, but yet you've seen that to be exactly the opposite with your children yeah. and your grandchildren. Is there any, would you say there was a, uh, a key that you tried to emphasize as you were raising uh, Deanna and Holly? And, um, you know, I know you were equally as involved in your grandchildren's lives too. So is there something that you might give to somebody listening to us that, uh, say, hey, I want, I want, I want my kids yeah. to continue to engage in yeah, church. Yeah, Do- Dobson used to always say that when you have more than one child, there ought to be times that you take just one, so they're not competing for attention, and just taking special time. So I used to say to Deanna, I want you to go with me next week where we're homeschooling. I'm in a revival, and we'll have some special times in the daytime. And she would go. And one thing I really encouraged my kids to do is, you know, and really never allowed them to be kind of like you even have here. I notice where your son Reed sits, uh, you know, and your daughters, where they're all up front. And I'm not saying that, you know, when you're on the back, you're going to be backslid. But I, here's what I used That's to pray. That's where my kid is. Yeah, my kid, That's where Ryan's kid is. Right. 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 top of stadium seating. Stadium, you know. stadium right. top, up there where I'm at, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. But one of the things that I used to always pray, and I really mean this with all my heart, and I used to – I've really, really prayed it a lot for my kids – I wanted them to know Jesus when he shows up. And I was like, we know he's here. You can say, <laughs> you, write that down. You, you can, you can make the statement like, well, we know he's here because he's inside of us. Yeah, but there's one thing that's different. There's what's referred to as the manifest presence of God mm. where he is so in the room. His presence is so thick. 
Um, Solomon said on one occasion on the dedication of the temple, he came in such glory that they couldn't even say anything. They couldn't even worship. I mean, he was just there. So I, I wanted them to know, like, if <clears throat> if Jesus came and began to touch people, and I mean, seriously, let's just be honest. Say somebody, man, just started wanting to walk across the front of the building, praising God, and just it was evident that the hand of God it just shown up. You'd have to be there, his presence, so you could feel like reach out and touch him. I didn't want them to be back there snickering. I wanted them to know God when he came. Mm, and and mm. I think they've known that. And so it's made a difference yeah. in our That's home, rich. in their life. Yeah. I'm using that quote, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I will quote you, Pastor Johnny, <laughs> but I'm using that one. I want now, people hey, to know hey, Jesus hey, when you, he shows you, up. But you, listen now. We, I've got an arrangement worked out for, you know, I get to use his quotes for lunch, you know, if, <laughs> Well, uh, I'll in in lieu of Pastor Steve. How about that? I'll just I'll, hey, make, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say both your names, and I'll say this, and we and we know this, but for people who are going to be listening through this to this podcast, uh, Johnny Hunt is still as sharp Absolutely. as ever. I would even argue <laughs> yeah. he may even be sharper than he was before, and uh, just what God is doing, and uh, I think I think what has happened over your life. Uh, over the last uh, several months, clearly, uh, we, we, we know the devil has intended that for, for harm, uh, but God has, has been so good and faithful that these have been times that he has just sown richly mm, yeah. uh, into you, which I would say that that is evidence that, that God's not through with no, him not yet. At all, yeah. And God's getting ready. I can't wait for my three days. You know, my three. <laughs> I can't. Like, One, uh, two, three. Right. Well, you don't. Well, maybe he's losing a little bit. He forgot <laughs> I just said the three days. Or no, but like, it, it is. It's good. It's, it's sweet just to hear the, the wisdom coming out of this. I, I have a, a churchy question. Um, so what, what do you believe is the greatest challenge in the church age of wokeness and political division right now? Like, what, what do you believe is the greatest challenge for the church during this time? You know, when I think about how Jesus says that I have my sheep, my sheep know me, they know my voice, they hear me, they follow me. There's a lot of voices right now. Mm. There's voices of political correctness. There's voices that, <clears throat> you know, say we may be on the wrong side of history. Um, you hear statements like this. I want to I wanna be careful, though, but I want to err on the side of grace. No, <laughs> I don't want to err to get there. I want to live on the That's side of grace. And so uh, I've got to make sure that I hear from the Lord. And so if, if my foundation is theological, I address wokeness with the gospel, uh, political correctness with the gospel. So... Right now, people are cowering down mm. to secularism wow. when really it's a chance to rise. All of us would agree that it's never been yeah. darker in our nation, never been darker, especially the political climate, political differences, and um, it's just it's dark. But when it's dark like that, uh, the light just even shines brighter. And, and then think how Jesus said, and the darkness – did not comprehend the light or literally didn't overcome the light. Yeah. So we, we can still be light. So sometimes when someone's asking me a question or making an accusation, they attack me with a wokeness uh, principle that needs to be um, offsetted with the Word of God. So I need to speak the gospel truth 
into that. I told someone the other day that if a person cannot repent and be restored, the gospel has lost its power, and the gospel has not lost its yeah. power. And uh, we yeah. we need to know that we when we uh, deal with this wokeness and all, if we're not careful, we're causing our people to lose hope because we're allowing what I believe is demonic to speak and rule in the age of the church instead of the age of um, of the gospel. Which this is, th- but this uh. is radical thinking. What you're saying is <laughs> right. that the church uh. and Christ followers are to filter everything uh. through the gospel. Exactly. Imagine How that. radical is that? You made a. We've state- heard that somewhere, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Would that be the Bible? Yeah, uh, yeah. Would that be Jesus? The uh, and 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 the simplicity of yeah. it all. Uh, I. I Pastor Johnny, I, I've heard you say this, um, that you you know you know what the gospel can do for a lost man, and now you're knowing what the gospel can do for a saved man. Yeah. yeah. You know, there was a time in my life I didn't know him, and yet we, we hear a gospel, and it's a pure gospel. And someone says, you know, you don't know what I've done. I could never be forgiven. And we say, no, you don't know what he did, so you could be forgiven. That's right. mm. And so what we yeah. do is move the emphasis away from their sin to the beauty. And it is. It is a beautiful gospel. It is amazing grace. But then when you become a believer, if we're not careful, we give a misunderstanding of the fatherhood of God and the compassion of the Heavenly Father. It almost can come across that if you're not a believer, doesn't matter what you do, you can be saved. But once you're in the family— if you mess up, he will kick you to the curb. And what we do, we have a wrong conception of God. For instance, when the prodigal son was in the far country, uh, when you don't view God right, you don't view yourself right. And here's what he said. I'm going to go to my father. And I'm going to say to my father, Father, I'm no longer worthy to be your son. Well, that isn't your call. Right. That isn't your call. And it was a wrong view of God mm. because you were in a bad place. Yeah. But when he got there, I love it. When he began to say, Father, forgive me. I've sinned against you and against heaven. I'm no longer worthy. While he was talking, the father overspoke and said, kill the calf. Yeah. Get ready for the party. Uh, bring the robe. Uh, bring the ring, which the ring is a symbol of sonship. Uh, my son was dead. And now he's, he's, he's come home. He's come yeah. alive. And so he viewed him, viewed him right. Isaiah had a wrong view of God in Isaiah chapter 6. And we heard Benny Tate deal with it here at our church the other night. But basically, you will never see yourself aright or other people right until you see God right. Mm-hmm. When he saw the Lord high and lifted up in the temple, it's then that he cried, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So he got his focus right there. The very next word is, woe is me. When you see him right, you see you right. So there's a lot of people that are judgmental toward others, but if they ever get into God's presence, they'll see their own um, depravity, yeah. their own wickedness, yeah. their own sinfulness, and then once you get that right and God touches you with the coals from off the altar and cleanses you, then he said this, and I live in the midst of a people that are unclean. Yeah. So he saw God first, then he saw himself, then he saw others. And I think God needs to do that in all of our lives. So, so right now we're letting a pagan world kind of speak into the church where the church should be speaking into the, 
the pagan world. And so as a result, wokeness is ripe. And preachers need to be careful because they can laugh and say, ah, they think I'm woke. If somebody thinks you're woke, you might better slow down and ask the Holy Spirit of God to be the searchlight to see if you have opened one of the gates of your hearts to allow an untruth to become settled in the way you process life. <laughs> I think that'll preach. That'll Pastor preach. Steven. That'll preach right I think there. That'll preach. Well, hey, Pastor Johnny. So uh, I know I've I've had many folks that have that have asked me this question, and I'm sure you and Janet as well. Uh, and and I know many of our listeners would probably want to know. We've talked about the importance of prayer. We've talked about uh, praying for your pastor and just how encouraging that is. Uh, when it comes to you and your family. Uh, how how can how could we pray for you guys right now yeah. in in your life? I know you're walking through a uh, a season that you've not walked through before, uh, but uh, when we uh, when we when we call out to the to the Father on behalf of of Johnny and the Hunt family, how, how any specifics that we can go to him on your behalf for? Yeah. I, I've asked that God help me every morning. I have a prayer journal, and the first thing I pray every morning is that God would help me to walk in obedience today. Um, give it, And I, I pray the Lord's Prayer almost every morning. And I, I think through it and say things about it to God. But our Father, and, and then I praise Him that He is my Father. He is. He's not always been my Father. I have not always been His child. I've been part of His creation, but I weren't part of His family. And so our Father, which art in heaven, and then praise Him for who He is. Hallowed be thy name. You're a holy God. Uh, and then uh, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, God, in what I'm going through, I pray for the will of God. So I pray for obedience and that I would live in wisdom and then that I would be more concerned today with glorifying God than instead of self being promoted, self being glorified, or, or even self being protected, that God, first and foremost, would be glorified. And then I go into praying for my family. So we just pray God give us wisdom. God give us patience. Uh, there are some things we're working on to um, make help people to understand um, that there's a part of this they don't understand. And so we've, we've got that committed to the Lord. God's given me an unbelievable amount of patience as I wait on that. So we're not just sitting with folded hands. It's like uh, we are to love the appearing of Jesus, but we're not just waiting for him to return. We're working while we're waiting for him to return. And I'm working while we're mm. waiting um, about the future and what it looks like in our life. Well, and and what an honor it is for us to be able to pray with you and uh, pray for you and uh uh, do ministry with you, and uh, I know, as you said before, in part number one, uh, that for roughly six months you've been been kind of radio silent, and uh, by by design, uh, that was a, a choice that that you yourself made as you are walking through this moment in time. So we we really appreciate you allowing us. Uh, you know, the No Name Podcast and the No Name Podcast booth be able to uh, be able to be that one of those first yeah, yeah. Uh, first arms where you speak. Um, and uh, so good, so good, so good. So good. You, you, I will, I will tell you this. You, you, 
you may be walking through the halls of church and and, and all of a sudden see a bunch of college students wearing a, a T-shirt that has some quote that you made today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or you'll see bumper our, stickers on, yeah, on some cars or something it. out it's there because uh, he is uh, he's been writing as quick as you could talk. That's right. Uh, but the uh, I'm just we, asking questions for my three or four days. Three or four <laughs> days. With it. Yeah, that's, it. that's right. I, I do think we we go to the uh, podcast road trip. Uh, we we make it work it out to where uh, we just hit a bunch of different SEC towns and you know maybe follow <laughs> Tennessee's football schedule. Uh, I am I am looking forward uh, uh, coming up pretty soon, Pastor Johnny. Uh, we, we're going to have the opportunity to spend some time with some uh, other. Uh, brothers in Christ and uh, some other pastors and ministry leaders and just it's always a great time that we get to encourage each other and bounce ideas off of each other and sharpen each other and so uh, uh, I look I look forward to us being able to do that uh, I the, think that's one of those trips you should you know, <laughs> bring, one, bring one of your yeah. staff guys <laughs> hey listen man I, I pastored I pastored for like almost 25 years before I had the opportunity to be a part of that so I mean, just uh, trying to help the next generation out Pastor that, Steve. That, that's man. right that's right we, we, uh. we how about how about we'll pray about it <laughs> yeah. the um, a lot of our listeners though you know one well, maybe maybe one final thought a lot of our our listeners are folks that are that are new believers in Christ, um, that uh, have no church background whatsoever. Yeah. I always say, man, I love it. I love yeah. it when they come. They have no church experience because we don't have to uh, unteach bad theology right. uh, or bad practice. But uh, a lot of our listeners are new believers. Uh, we have we have several folks that are listening and and they don't know Christ as their as their Lord. And uh, and they're 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 searching, they're seeking that a friend or somebody just turned them on uh, to our podcast, and they're listening, trying to figure this thing out. Some uh, some people are listening because they just love to hear this uh, southern accent that we have going on here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Pastor Johnny, as we kind of kind of close out this uh, this this particular podcast, is there anything that you would uh, you would want to say to someone that's a new believer or? Uh, maybe someone that is listening, and maybe they 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 don't have a personal relationship with Christ. Uh, maybe you know a, a word of encouragement or a word of challenge, or you know maybe if you were just there one on one having a conversation with them, uh, one last word that you'd share. Yeah, you know, to an unbeliever, I would say, know this. Um, don't know how you feel loved by family in your marriage in your friend's uh, relationship, but I want to help you to be confident in this one thing. Uh, God loves you just like you are. Truth is, uh, he couldn't possibly love you more, and he never will love you more because he loves you with a perfect love right now. And he desires more than anything for you to have a relationship with him. And he even made that possible, and he made it clear in Romans 5 by saying, God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, I had no thoughts of God. Had you met when I was 20, I had a pool stick in one hand with a cigarette between those fingers, a cold beer or a glass of whiskey in the other hand, and God's name in vain on my lips, and I was coveting. I was seeking to hustle the person I was playing with. And yet in that very moment, God was still demonstrating his love toward me. He had made perfect provision for me to know him through the cross. And I'm glad somebody cared enough to invite me to church 
And 85% of the people that will come to Jesus will come through a simple invite. And I started attending, had never heard the gospel, and God made his message clear. If you know Christ, the best way to grow is time alone with him. Whether it's five minutes in the morning, I will promise you if you'll start this, it will grow far beyond five minutes. Start in the Gospel of John. Start in the Gospel of Matthew. But read read a chapter. If it uh, something speaks to you, pause there. Read it over and over again. Circle some words. Make some notes. Take a journal and write your thoughts down. And just ask God each day to make himself real to you. If you're not a believer, say, Lord, if you're who Johnny Hunt says you are, Reveal yourself to me. And I'm telling you, if you really are sincere in that question, God has already bankrupt heaven to make himself known to you. So thanks for listening. Pastor Johnny, thank you so much for coming to be a part of our podcast. Uh, I'm going to make an executive decision, but you are welcome to come back any time. I feel like you've got a few more things you might could talk about there. <laughs> sure. Thanks. Uh, but, thank you. But thank you. We really deeply appreciate your being here today. Honor's mine. And we'll see you next time on The Unchangeable Truth. Hey guys, this is Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today, Unchangeable Truth. This is a ministry of Highland Park Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida, and we would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the Panama City area. Our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www.highland, and it's H-I-L-A-N-D, park.org. There you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free, shoot us an email, info at highlandpark.org. If you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow him, our prayers are that you would draw near to Christ, that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk increase. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.